I think we're, especially with our kids, just trying to emphasize, and it's hard, I think, with being self-employed, my mind is on money a lot because I don't have a guaranteed income. So, you know, it's natural, I think, to think about money and to try to make money, but, you know, just trying to remind myself and our family that there are other things more important. So try to be pretty careful with our kids that, you know, we don't raise them to think that money is too important. We try to teach them about saving and, and giving to others and stuff. And that's really the biggest thing, I think, at this point. Welcome to Beyond the Dollar, a podcast where we have deep and honest conversations about how money affects our well-being. I'm Sarah Lee Kane, your host, and here to give you a space to explore your relationship with money. The guilt, stress, exhilaration, and fear, no topic is taboo. In this episode, I chat with Mark, who is the founder of VitalDollar.com, and he's been self-employed for the last 10 years buying and selling websites. We chat about how to balance a growing side hustle, career, and a relationship. He gets candid about his journey to self-employment while married, the types of conversations he's had to have with his wife so they were both on the same page, and what has changed since they have kids now. Now, I want to continue the conversation with you, so please make sure to listen to the end for some juicy questions to help you live beyond the dollar as well as how you can reach me. This episode is brought to you by Fabric, a one-stop shop to organize your family's financial life. They have a few neat features like Fabric Wills, which is a free way to create a last will and testament that has been used by tens of thousands of families. I've tried it out and it's a pretty straightforward process. There's also Fabric Vault, a free and easy way for spouses and partners to create a map of their family's finances and securely share this information with each other. So think credit card information and account logins. They also offer Fabric Premium, which is a simple and affordable term life insurance, which is issued by Vantis Life. To find out more and get started by creating a free account for either Fabric Wills and Fabric Vault, head over to www.meetfabric.com. And to find resources shared in this episode, head over to www.beyondthedollar.co. Now get ready, grab a seat, and let's go beyond the dollar. Hi, Mark. Welcome to Beyond the Dollar. Hi, thanks for having me. So thank you so much. And I think we mentioned, I mentioned this pre-recording is that I feel like I'm in a bubble and, and a lot of our listeners are in a bubble that we get mostly like a female perspective when it comes to starting a side hustle and juggling family or being self-employed and juggling family. So I'm just really grateful that you're willing to be honest on here. And so you know what I'm really hoping to get across in our chat is that your career, whether it's a nine to five, whether it's a side hustle, it affects the people around you. So let's start at the very beginning of your journey. Like, What was the turning point where you decided you wanted to work for yourself? It was really basically just out of frustration with jobs in corporate world. So I graduated college in 2002. And for the first several years, I, I bounced around a few different jobs. I think I had like four different jobs in my 20s with four different companies. And I assumed that I would just find a job that I liked and work hard and get ahead and move my way up and stay with one company for a long time. And it just wasn't what happened. I, you know, As I got out, I felt like I was doing a good job. I was working hard, but I just there were no opportunities for me where I was. And so it was really just a frustration of like feeling like I had no future, like I wasn't really going anywhere. I don't like to sit still. I'm not the type of person that can just stay in the same job for 20, 30 years. And so I was just really frustrated. And that kind of led me to, you know, look at alternatives. And 
wound up kind of starting a side hustle and uh, it ultimately turned into a full-time income in about a year and a half. Wow, that's interesting. So when you were you know, at your day jobs and you were frustrated, did you, did you have like long chats? Did you express any of this frustration to your spouse? Like how, like, you know, before you even, or as you were starting your side hustle, like what were some of the conversations you were having with her? Yeah. So part of the time was before we were even together. The first couple of jobs I was in for like a year at a time. I think my first three jobs out of college were like one year each. And that was all like before I was with my wife. So then we started dating. We knew each other. We had been friends for like five years before we started dating. But you know, then once we started dating, I was fairly happy with the last job I was at for like three or four years. And that was the best one that I had. It was a decent job. I just didn't really have, you know, any real growth opportunities. So we got married, you know, not too long after I was at that job. And, you know, after a while it started to become obvious that I wasn't really going anywhere. I was on a in a very small department and there just weren't really many opportunities. So we talked and yeah, you know, she knew I was frustrated. It was kind of a, a combination of like, you know, I was I was frustrated, but also like when I first started the side hustle, I didn't really have intentions of doing it full time, not right away. It wasn't until I really started like to see some progress. And then once I saw a little bit of progress, I was like, you know, it kind of hit me like, okay, this is for real. And, you know, maybe this is the way out that I, you know, would be able to get out of my job and be able to do something that I would enjoy a lot more. And so then at that point, we talked about it a lot, you know, when I was still working part time on my own business, you know, in the evenings and and weekends and stuff, we would talk about, you know, where it was going and, you know, what our hopes were for the future. I love that. I think I, you know, I was in a very similar stage too when I started a side hustle. It was more because I was bored, not necessarily I didn't like my job. And I think it was really funny. My husband used to joke like, oh, this side hustle finally got you to stop complaining about how bored you were. <laughs> and, you know, as I was ramping it up, you know, he's like, oh, now you're not, com-, you know, you stop complaining about certain aspects of your So it was really, it's just really interesting the types, thinking back, the types of conversations that I had about my side hustle. And I love that you had talked with your wife about, you know, hopes and dreams. It wasn't just, oh, I'm earning more money or, you know, I'm just going to like put my head down and work. It was really, you know, the reason for it. And I think that, I mean, I really, really love that. Yeah. Like by the time I actually started to make money, which, you know, it didn't take me that long. It took a couple of months until I, I started bringing in a little bit each month. By the time I started making money, we had talked and decided like we weren't going to use the money that I made from a side hustle, we weren't going to live on it because we didn't want to get used to that income. And we wanted to have the option to say like, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. And we didn't want to be kind of accustomed to, you know, like a higher lifestyle, higher income and to a situation where I had to keep doing it. And also that, you know, we saved up and that savings and gave us some cushion for when I did quit my job, gave us a little bit more confidence. Like, okay, we do have some set aside and, at that point, then I just had to replace the income from my full-time job. I didn't have to, you know, I didn't feel like we were taking a big hit because we hadn't been using the money that I was making on the side. So that really helped us communicating between the two of us and, and making sure we were on the same page really helped us in that sense too. I love that. So I'm curious in terms of like, when you had these conversations, was it you dedicated time every week to sit down and talk about it? Or was it like sort of casual conversations and then you looked at budgeting? Like how did you both get on the same page in terms of, I don't want to use my side hustle income and I just need to replace my day job income? It was just sort of casual. I think we didn't have like a weekly like sit down and talk about finances or anything like that. We had time together because I was working 
I was working full time and then I would come home and work in the evenings. I would work Monday through Thursday evening and Friday evenings I would take off. That was like our time together. We would usually just watch movies or something. And then Saturday I'd work all day and then we'd have time Saturday evenings and Sunday I'd work in the afternoons and then we would have Sunday evening together. So the, the weekend evenings were like our time together. So I don't remember exactly, you know, how the conversations went, but I know we didn't have specific like sit down and, and talk and we did have a loose budget. We didn't have a, you know, a real strict budget that we were living by, but we knew, I think we knew early on, like as soon as I started to make some money, it's kind of like, oh, this is nice. You know, I've got a few extra hundred dollars. What are we going to do with it? And we realized right away, like, okay, we can't get used to this because I don't know that I'm going to want to continue to work these kind of hours forever. You know, pretty quickly we did realize that it was a goal to leave my job. And, you know, if I had to, if we got used to living on both incomes, it would be a harder adjustment and make it more of a challenge for me and for us as a couple to to really make that leap. Whereas the way we did it, there, it really wasn't a challenge at all. I mean, we, we were careful about it and we waited maybe a little bit longer than we had to. And my side hustle income hadn't completely replaced my job yet when we quit, but it was to the point where I knew like, okay, if I can put in 50 hours a week, I can probably replace it. And from the first month that I was working full-time in my own business, I immediately made more than I made at my old job. So there really was no difficult transition there. And it was because of we hadn't gotten used to living on a higher income, basically. I love that. I mean, so many things I want to unpack from there. And I mean, number one, it was like, yeah, I was really open to talking to my wife. I think, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to sort of just make this a gender thing. I'm just making an assumption is that for many females I've talked to is when they start a side hustle, they're always worried about, oh my gosh, what will my husband think? And that they don't actually talk to them about it. <laughs> Where it seems like you two had a really open, honest conversation. But okay, I'm working. If I have to work 50 hours a week to make this transition, like, you know, it's, and I'm, you know, you can definitely let us know more detail. Like, I'm assuming you, you've talked to her about it. Like, okay, this is, this is my time to like dedicate to this part. And it also sounds like you had some really clear boundaries in terms of like, these are the nights I'm spending on my side hustle. These are the nights I'm spending with my wife. And, and did it ever, was it like something that you just did right away? Was it something you had to work on? Like, how did you create those boundaries? At first, my the time I was putting into it was kind of sporadic and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't real consistent. I wasn't putting as much time into it. And to be honest, I kind of don't even really remember exactly like how many hours I was putting in, but I know it wasn't real consistent. And so I started by designing websites for small businesses. At first it was mostly just like family and, and a few friends who had small businesses. And I did it to make a little bit of extra money. I kind of liked it and I thought, you know, I should try to find more work. In order to do that, I need to expand outside of you know my personal network and be able to find some other types of clients. So I created a blog in order to get traffic to my portfolio website. And I had some articles on web design and you know running a website and stuff. And my hope was I'll get traffic to the site. They'll contact me and hire me to design their website. And so at first it was kind of, you know, as I was getting things set up and, and writing a few articles here and there, it was kind of sporadic. I wasn't really, we didn't really have any set schedule or anything. We didn't have those boundaries set. But then I started taking it a little bit more serious and I kind of had a, a breakthrough. Like I, I, my traffic really spiked. I had a, a blog post that, that did pretty well on, on some social networks and, and sent a good bit of traffic. So one day, one day I had 10 visitors and the next day I had 2000 visitors. And wow. so I know, you know, 2000 visitors, is not huge, but when you're looking at 10, it's a pretty big jump. And so I didn't really make any money from it because I didn't have ads or anything on my site. But 
it really that was really what got me hooked and made me take it seriously. And I thought, okay, like I think I can do this. I just need to take it more seriously. So at that point, you know, we kind of established a schedule. And I don't remember exactly, you know, if we sat down and said, okay, I'm going to work, you know, these nights and and then have these nights off. But I know we did establish that schedule pretty quickly. And she was okay with it. I mean, it took a it took a lot of sacrifice on her part because we had only been married like not even a full year, I think. When yeah, it wasn't even a full year when when we started when I started doing this. So you know, she sacrificed a lot of time. So in the evenings, you know, she would just be watching TV or whatever while I was was working. And it did take some sacrifice, but we were pretty much on the same page that you know that was going to help us to get to a better situation in the future. I'm just curious, did you make it clear to her what your goals were in terms of once the side hustle? You know, like you said, gained more traction. Like, did yeah, you once, feel like once that helped? I, once I had that breakthrough, I kind of, I think that was the turning point in my head to where it just went from like trying to make a little extra money into trying to make it a real business and trying to make a full time income. And I did talk to her about it, and she was very supportive. And um, I didn't talk to anyone else except for her. Like my friends, I had friends at work that had no idea that I was was doing anything on the side until right before I quit my job because I just didn't want to I didn't want to talk about it and then, you know, tell people like, you know, I might I might be able to do this full time and then have it not pan out and then they're like, what happened? You know? So I really didn't I think I had one friend that I talked to later on, you know, as but that wasn't until like a year in to where I was making like two thousand dollars a month or something like that. So it really was just my wife that that we were, you know, on the same page and communicating with. I love that. I think it's so funny that you mentioned not telling your coworkers. I didn't tell my coworkers either. They somehow found out. I remember being interviewed for a... So I, when I lived in China, I was interviewed for a local newspaper. And then I mentioned that I was... you know, My old day job was a teacher. I mentioned I was a teacher. And then you know, I did this on the side. And then my, you know, the principal at the time was like, oh, good for you. <laughs> and it was, I was, it was funny because it's, it's almost like... You're right. It's almost like you want the support, but then you don't want to say it publicly because what if you decide not to do it? Or what if right. it decides to stay a side hustle? Which is so interesting. And I, I think that's that's great. I'm that's wonderful that you have such a supportive spouse. I think, you know, no matter what your situation, um, listeners out there, I think having someone who can be your sounding board definitely, definitely helps with the transition. <laughs> Cause it sounds yeah. like I mean, it sounds like once you made that decision, you know, you you made it very clear to your wife what you wanted, and it sounds like you were very grateful for the, the sacrifices she did make. You know, in, in, during that time. Yeah, she was really supportive, and she had she was working too, so we did have her income. You know, that definitely helped out as well. Yeah, I think. I mean, I've heard so many conversations too about. You know, I remember when I first quit, that was kind of my thinking. Like, okay, my husband's still working. If mine completely crashes and burns in six months, which it didn't, right? But if it did, you know, we still have that sort of safety net of a job. And that support, and I think it's really important to acknowledge that. I'm not sure how much of that is talked about in in the online business world, so to speak. You know, when you do make that leap, there there needs to be some sort of conversation with your spouse because you know I don't want to out anybody that I've had conversations with, but they felt like they were putting their spouses under a lot of pressure when they quit. Yeah. You know, I'm not sure if that was what it was like for you. And I think you didn't have kids yet until you were self-employed. Right. Yeah, we didn't correct? have we didn't have kids at that point. So we did talk about you know I I didn't want to put too much pressure on her and and she didn't really feel she was very supportive 
you know, I think she realized that, well, I know she realized that there was some risk involved, but we did it slowly. And like I said, we had it to the point where I was, was doing pretty well. And I was also doing a good bit of freelancing. I was doing some freelance writing. So most of the income was coming from, from my blog. But actually, at that point, it was probably about the split. I, I did a good bit of freelance writing. And the freelance writing wasn't really my long-term plan. It was kind of just like to have some income while my website was, was growing because it was still pretty new. And so we knew that, you know, in a pinch, like worst case, I would, you know, have to do more freelancing and, and maybe my income would drop. But we thought that, you know, we'd be able to get by with that, you know, in an emergency. So yeah, so she was very supportive. She said she didn't, you know, she didn't feel too much stress or pressure or anything. And so it worked out for us. But yeah, that was definitely something that we had to talk about beforehand. And you have kids now, right? We do. Yeah. We have a six-year-old and a three-year-old. Oh, that those are fun ages. <laughs> I have a three-year-old myself. Very fun age. <laughs> I'll put that in air quotes sometimes, but mostly it's fun. <laughs> Just curious. So when did you make the decision to have kids and did that affect your work schedule? You know, maybe the communication issues or even like time management in terms of making the, those boundaries that you've, you've created. Well, our plan from before we were married was to wait five years to have kids. And so that, you know, was kind of settled beforehand. I tried to push it back a little bit, but <laughs> I managed to push it back a little bit, but ultimately I lost, I lost that battle. So it was about six years, I think, that we had been married or almost six years when my daughter was born. So we didn't, I don't think we talked too much about how it would impact my work schedule. So at that point, I had been full-time self-employed for a few years and the schedule wasn't really a huge issue. I, for the most part, worked during the day. And you know, if I, had, if I had free time in the evenings, I would work in the evenings. But most of the time, I'd spend with my wife in the evenings and weekends and stuff. And I'd work. You know, If she was doing something else, I'd get bored and I'd work. But it wasn't like you know, we were in the same situation as before where I had to work those hours. So I don't remember you know, having real detailed conversations about how having kids would impact that schedule. But it definitely has impacted the schedule. And I do work fewer hours now. I still work full-time hours. I still work you know, probably like 50 hours a week, but I don't work weekends. I don't work in the evenings typically other than like to check email and you know maybe something really minor. Yeah. No, I personally, and this is something I, I have to work on a lot is not checking my emails at night. I find that <laughs> yeah. when we're watching yeah. you know, 30 minutes into super simple songs, parents out there who know that YouTube channel, <laughs> I get a little... I, I drift away and I have to force myself to be present because... You know, that's why I, I mean, that's personally why I quit my job, you know, left my teaching career because I wanted to be there for my children and then to have that, you know, flexibility. I mean, let's talk a little bit about the benefits. Like, do you, like when you, I, I know, you know, you sent an email about some of the benefits. So let's talk about some of the benefits that, that came with this lifestyle. Yeah. So a lot of it has to do with family and now having kids. It really changes things a lot. I mean, there were a lot of benefits before we had kids, but, I think having kids, it's a lot different and it's made it a little bit more significant, I think. I think part of it, I realized that a lot of fathers don't have the same privileges that I have in terms of time around their kids and flexibility and stuff. So a lot of it's just, you know, being around more. So our kids are, like I said, they're six and three. I've worked from home for 10 years. My wife worked up until our daughter was born. Then she took maternity leave and, and didn't go back. So she's been home the past six years. So our kids have grown up, neither of their parents have ever worked outside of the house, which I think is probably not very typical. 
So, you know, I'll see my kids in the morning. I can help them get breakfast or whatever. I've already started working before they're up, but when they come down in the mornings, you know, I'll take five minutes and help them get breakfast and whatever, and then I'll go back to work. But I'm able to see them for a few minutes in the morning. Well, my daughter is the one that goes off to school. My son, he, he goes to preschool just two days a week, but so I see him more. I can have time with him at lunch. I'll, my typical routine will be to eat lunch and then play with him for just 10, 15 minutes, something, play a game or go outside and when it's nice out. Right now there's snow on the ground and it's like 20 degrees, so I'm probably not going to be going outside. And then, you know, I sometimes pick my daughter up from school, sometimes pick her up from the bus stop. And to do that, I, you know, just take a 20 minute, 15, 20 minute break in the afternoon. And then I go back to work after I get her. I've been able to go to preschool events during the day, school events during the day. My daughter had um, like a parent visitation day at kindergarten and my wife and I went in. There were several parents in there, but our daughter was the only one who had two parents able to be there at the same time. So I don't know, you know, later on when I wasn't there, that may have been, may have been somebody else, but so there's perks like that, that, you know, just give us a little bit more time together. And it's not a huge amount of time, but I think it adds up, you know, as opposed to being out of the house before they even get, get up in the morning and then getting home at six o'clock or something and having a little bit of time in the evening. I have much more time with them throughout the day and even flexibility like with appointments. So like last week, my wife had an appointment. She had to leave. So I was able to just be home with my son for like an hour while she was gone. It's not something that we do on a regular basis, but when we need to, it's nice to have that type of flexibility. Yeah, no, I agree. Like I remember calculating my time and I think I take about two and a half hours off during the day, like weekdays when my mm-hmm. son's at preschool. And I was like, you know, I could like the fact that I can just take off two and a half hours, you know, to do that right. is such a, such a like blessing really. I, I mean, and, and for me, you know, I'm still, I mean, I'm six years in, I mean, mo- you know, two years full time into this, but I mean, there's always been for me, the benefits outweigh the, the challenges. Like for me, the whole volatile income stream is still something I have to work around. You know, like, I mean, yeah, I have a lot of savings and my husband still works and, and we have, you know, lots of contingency plans. But, you know, when you were first starting out, like, was that a, ever a concern, like this volatile income stream? Like, how did you deal with that and balance it out with, with so many of the, the benefits of being self employed? Yeah, it's always been, it's always been an issue. But I think the fact that I was making more than I made at my old job made that a lot easier. So, our approach was we knew that it's going to be inconsistent. So we just live conservatively, like on the lower end of my income. And so we, we got used to that pretty quickly. And then as my income increased, it got easier because we had more in savings and uh, we were able to put more away every year. So that wasn't really a big adjustment early on. Then since my wife has been at home, since we've had kids, we went from a two-income family with just two of us to being a single-income family now with four of us. So that's become more of an adjustment because we don't have my wife's steady salary. And actually, before I went full-time, like when I still had my full-time job, my wife's salary was higher than mine. So she had she had a pretty good job. So you know we gave up that salary so she was able to stay home with our kids. So definitely, it's it's been an adjustment. And my income is, has been more inconsistent than a lot of self-employed people because over the years I've um, I've sold several websites so I worked on them for a few years built them up and then sold them so I get you know like a lump sum at the time of the sale which is nice but then I lose that monthly revenue so we've had a lot of like 
high peaks and low valleys. And so it definitely requires some adjustments, getting used to, to living on that. And it does cause some stress, but you know, the key for us has been savings, like, you know, not living, not living up to our income when it's, when it's good. And, you know, just keeping a consistent, fairly consistent budget, regardless of, of what I'm bringing in. And then, you know, when we need to pull some out of savings, you know, in those times when I'm not making as much, it's not a big deal because we have it there. I love that. So what would you say has been the biggest lesson learned about yourself and your relationship with money throughout this whole journey? I think probably the biggest lessons have come in the last year, two years, just been that, you know, it's kind of an ongoing thing with me, but just the the money really, it's, it makes a lot of things possible, but money isn't ultimately the goal. You know, money allows me to be able to work from home and allows my wife to be able to to stay home with the kids. And that's, you know, that's the important part for our family. It's not necessarily, you know, what's in the bank account, just what money makes possible. I love that. And I'm, I think you sort of already answered this, but I ask every guest anyways, is uh, how are you living beyond the dollar? I think we're, especially with our kids, just trying to emphasize, you know, that, and it's, it's hard. I think with being self-employed, my mind is on money a lot because I don't have a guaranteed income. So, you know, it's natural, I think, to, to think about money and to try to make money. But, you know, just trying to remind myself and our family that there are other things more important. So, like, we're pretty, try to be pretty careful with our kids that, you know, we don't raise them to think that money is, is too important. We try to teach them about saving and, and giving to others and stuff. And that's really the biggest thing, I think, at this point. Awesome. So Mark, where can people find out more about you and what you do? My website is vitaldollar.com. On that site, I cover topics related to making money and saving money, managing money. If you scroll down to the footer, there is a link to a contact page. So if anyone wants to get in touch with me, that's the best way. Awesome. Well, Mark, again, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Mark. I just loved how he's willing to share some of the behind the scenes of having open conversations with his wife so that they can create a life they really want. I mean, I know in many, many previous episodes, you know, lesson learned is that open communication is definitely key to having a better financial and other aspects of your life. So my question for you today, whether or not you're in a nine to five or growing a side hustle or anything like that is what is one conversation or one thing you can talk to with your partner today that will move you towards your financial and life goals. So you can start small. Don't, don't feel like you have this massive conversation. And when you, when you have that in your mind, what, what kind of conversation you want to have, how are you going to start it? Right? What is something small you're going to do today to do that? And let me know. I would love, really, I'm dying to know what you guys are thinking. Um, And thank you to those who've already shared with me. So hit me up on Instagram at beyondthedollar or send me an email, hello at beyondthedollar.co. All right, it's time to answer some of your questions about living beyond the dollar. And this section is brought to you by Fabric. So like I mentioned before, they have free products like their Wills and Fabric Vault where you can share your financial information like credit cards and separate bank accounts with your partner in case you are not able to do so. 
just head over to www.meatfabric.com to check those out and sign up for free. All right, so now onto the questions. Millennial Money Expert and Editorial Director of Fabric, Allison Cade, has very kindly helped me answer some of these questions. And if you've heard her on a previous episode, I believe it was season three, just an all around awesome human being. So today's question is brought to you by Pamela. So thanks, Pamela, for the question. And her question is, what's your take on separate bank accounts when you're in a committed relationship? My boyfriend and I are moving in together, and I think he'll propose at some point, but I'm not sure if we should pull most of your money together right now or not. So both Allison Allison and I agree that at the end of the day, it is an extremely personal choice as to what you want to do. No one can really give you that answer. For me, I really advocate trusting your gut in terms of what you feel comfortable in terms of like a security standpoint and an emotional standpoint. Now, Allison in her work, because you know, Meat Fabric is, is for couples and, and families, she's spoken to a lot of couples who've merged their finances before they've gotten married. And they've also spoken to many married couples who've kept their finances separate even after years of marriage. And both work, both types of ways to manage money have, you know, had a great impact on couples. So my husband and I merge most of our finances and we have some separate and we're very happy with that. But for you, Pamela, just think, you know, on questions, right? Think about aside from your gut, maybe some questions you want to ask yourself, really think about is do one of you have significantly more assets or debt than the other? So assets could be retirement accounts, a house, a car, you know, inheritance, things like that. Okay. Or you have more debt. So maybe you have a lot of student loan debt. He has no debt, but he has a house, right? So those situations can alter how you feel because you want to think about like how much control do each of you crave, right? Like, so if you are combining your finances, maybe your boyfriend doesn't want to be, feel like he's a hundred percent responsible for your debt. Right. Maybe in that case, you want to keep some of it separate, you know, or maybe if you have a house and he's moving in with you, you don't feel comfortable combining your finances because you want to be able to say if something happens, you let's say you don't get engaged um, and you do unfortunately break up. Maybe you want to be able to keep that asset, your house separate. Right. You know, Allison also mentions, you know, let's say think about questions about your spending habit. So let's say your boyfriend spent $300 on something without talking to you about it. Are you going to freak out? Right. Or he makes some other decision and he didn't ask you about it. Right. Maybe he thought it was a minor decision and you thought it was major. Like, would that freak you out? If it does, then consider separate finances or not commingling your finances 100%. Right. At the end of the day, before merging your money, it's really just important to understand each other's habits, financial situations, and just get on the same page about your money styles, right? Purchases that you make or don't, what you consider needs and wants beforehand. So it's a lot of communication and needing to be open because if you wait until you move in together or you wait until your finances are commingled and these questions aren't addressed beforehand, it can get into you can get into an unfortunately very sticky situation and it might be a little bit more difficult to get out of them or to reverse course. So try to 
be open and honest as much as you can before anything like this happens. And then you have a better idea going into, you know, moving together or furthering along in your relationship. So hope that helps. If any of you have questions for me, let me know. Again, I'm on Instagram at beyondthedollar. DM me there or email me hello at beyondthedollar.co. Thanks, everyone. Thank you so much for listening in on Beyond the Dollar. If you like what you heard, please share with a friend. It'll help share the mission of what we're trying to do, which is to have more deep and honest conversations about how money affects our well-being. Tag them on Instagram, on one of my posts at Beyond the Dollar, send them a link, whatever you want to do to spread the mission of what we're doing around here. And if you feel that putting money towards the things that really matter is a challenge for you, download our values-based spending guide. You'll gain clarity around what matters to you most in life, be able to name your most important values, and how to start putting money towards those things. To download the values-based spending guide, go to www.beyondthedollar.co. Thank you again for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Beyond the Dollar. By the way, don't you love the new intro music? Thank you so much to Donovan Durance for providing this awesome song. Thank you.